0: Hey everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenu, benvenuti, willkommen. Welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode number 80. It's your boy Joe behind the microphone and we have a great episode for you tonight. We're talking about the top matches that are going to be coming up this weekend and it's going to be coming up real quick. We're going to also talk about international football, you know, the kind of break that was just going on for what seemed like forever. So we need to talk about that and we have some of your Twitter questions to go over. And joining me as always is my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Rui Pereira, Rui. How are you doing tonight? Joe, I you know, when you
1: were going with the the man, the myth, the legend, I was waiting for the real king of Milano. <laughs> And you left me
0: in the mud. Rui, I apologize. I apologize to the King of Milano. You
1: know, Joe, I I forgive you, man. You cooked up one hell of a dinner this evening. Those steaks. (laughs) Folks. Folks. You must. (laughs) You must tune in to Joe Cappuccino's Twitter page where... Oh, man. It was just like... You know everything was just laid out perfectly. The presentation, everything, Joe it was like an iron chef, uh, like <laughs> Gordon Ramsay is in the mud right now. <laughs> but um, dude, fantastic steaks, man. I I honestly have never had pan-seared steaks at a house, my house, anyone's house. I've had it at restaurants, obviously, but yeah. those pan-seared steaks cooked. To perfection, medium to medium rare. Pow. French kiss. Fantastic. And with a great Alamos
0: reserve Malbec. That was ah, uh, uh, Nah, dude. We we ate good. We, we did ate good. Eat good. We ate good, my friend. And, and, you did, and you did well on the potatoes. You really did. Well thank you. I gotta say thank that was you. a good recipe. I appreciate I like that.
1: that. Um, you know, us Iberians with pot- with potatoes. Patatish. With patatish. Um Portuguese, or Spanish style, the potatoes are always good. But um, no, seriously, man, steaks were on point. I felt like I was back in Argentina. Ooh, wow! Fantastic High compliments. So um, I need
0: to, I need to remember this episode. This is like the first time you've complimented me in a while. Yeah, man. And listen,
1: <laughs> listen, the end of another decade of episodes. This is episode eighty. Yeah, dude. The
0: last episode of this. decade you think of it that way, man. Seriously. This is huge. Episodes are just flying. It really is, but that's how, and they tend to do that. You know, the more and more you do them. But let's get right into it, shall we? Yes, sir. So, the premier fixture. We're gonna go with the big one for this weekend, and I think that everyone would would kind of agree that would be Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona. So, where do we where do we start with this? So Atletico are what, currently in third place? Yep. Barcelona, middle of the pack. They're in eighth. Didn't think I would ever say that. Definitely not the strongest Barcelona. And according to you, Rui, you told me this earlier, Luis Suarez is going to be missing this game because of COVID. So taking all this into consideration, how do you see this game turning out? It's a big match for both sides,
1: without a doubt. And I think it's more of a challenge for Barcelona. It's a more of a must-need win for Barcelona because they're sitting at 8th or ninth place, whatever it may be, um, in the middle of the pack, let's just say, in La Liga. And with 11 points and in so many games in already, this is not the Barcelona that we're used to seeing. This is obviously, we've been seeing it even last season, uh, Barcelona falling apart in the second half of last season. We're seeing it this year. The whole Messi scenario. The whole, the whole club itself from top to bottom. The directors, the players, the the unfortunes. Everything just not really falling into place. Everything is starting to unfold. And this match is really going to be crucial for Barcelona. They need to come out. With their A game, Usman Dembele needs to come out with his A game. He's been healthy this year, which is a positive sign for Barcelona because um, you know, unlike the last couple of seasons or so, he hasn't been healthy and he hasn't been there. And right. this is the time when Barcelona need him the most. And he's he's been there. He's been healthy, sure. he's been getting some pretty decent results here and there, but this is the match for this them to it's basically a make or break match. I think if they fall and get a loss,
0: it'll be harder.
1: It's just going to be it won't be easy. The question the, the question is going to be raised, what's going to really happen with this team? We're hearing all these stories coming out that this team is on the road to bankruptcy. They need to cut their Player salary ranges. budget by so much. Messi's not happy.
0: Yeah, the team is getting
1: older. They swapped Arthur for Pjanic. For Christ's sake, like (laughs) nothing is making sense. Nothing is adding up. And this this match is going to be big. This is going to be huge. They're doing okay in the Champions League, but in La Liga, it's not happening. Different for Atletico. This that's what I was gonna get at. No, Luis Suarez. This is like the uh, the Ronaldo effect where. In the Champions League, he was irking to play and return against Barcelona. It doesn't look like Luis Suarez. It's not that it doesn't look like it's not going to happen. Luis Suarez will not play against Barcelona uh, tomorrow, his former club, the club that he spent the last, I believe, six years um, at. And you know this is a match that he wanted to show up and play. Oh, without a doubt. To yeah. play for just to you know, rub it into Barcelona like, hey, this is a mistake letting me go and he, so far this year in his campaign with atletico he's been really good um not the same luis suarez for like you know the 2015 and 2016 luis suarez yeah. but he's getting the job done and he is the player that that atletico need to go far uh into la liga and the champions league so um I think the I think the game's going to come down to uh, for, for Atletico is going to come down to Juan Felix. Juan Felix was having a good season so far, uh, much better season than his first debuting season with uh, with Atletico. Um if they're going to win this game, I really believe that he is going to be the guy. He's got to be He's going to be the man and be. you know what? What other moment can this This
0: would be huge. Exactly. This would be the moment this for him the to do moment it, right?
1: For him, a win against Barcelona to really just push him back into the middle of the table <laughs> and really skyrocket forward. Yeah, you know, this is this is a year where obviously uh, this isn't the best Atletico side. This is not the best Real Madrid side. This is not the best Barcelona side. Real Sociedad are in first place, but this can be the year where Atletico are like, hey. This is our time. We have a good squad. We have younger players. We have a good coach. Let's make it happen. This match is going to be the stepping stone for that goal. So if Atletico win this match, it's bright signs. It's going to be bright signs for them to go forward and challenge for uh, La Liga.
0: So you mentioned mentioned a certain club that... uh is not used to the limelight so to speak uh, definitely not used to being in the headlines and that's a Real Sociedad that currently in first place I don't think I was going to say I don't think anyone saw this coming but uh maybe you could enlighten us a little bit maybe maybe Spanish fans saw that coming but maybe fans outside of that game outside yep. of La Liga didn't Exactly
1: so, tell us a little bit more about this Exactly only the I'm sure the Spanish fans, the La Liga fans, are not surprised about this. But when we, um, I mean, you know, I, I've been following La Liga for a long time. You've been following La Liga for a long time. A lot of people that aren't familiar with the league or don't like really follow the league as much, um, they're like Real Sociedad, like they're like scratching their heads, like okay, they're you know they have a good no, youth academy, blah 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 blah, you know. Mickey Oriar Zaval, he's the new and up and coming thing, but this is the team that's really pushing forward. This is the team that is playing really good football. You ask any La Liga fan that it's like, yeah, this is like this was a ticking time bomb. This is something that was expected to happen. Um and everything that they've been able to do, Real Sociedad as a club fixing their stadium situation, you know, renovating and expanding the seating capacity. I know with the whole COVID, uh, issue, it's That's not kind of weird. It's isn't not it? really helping anybody, but, <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, for the future and, you know, the, yeah. the last couple of years or so, but also most importantly, he's just really maximizing the results of their investments, their youth Academy, the, the, their transfers, um, You know, the whole thing with with, with David Silva, how they were able to make that work. You know, Odegaard, the Norwegian wonder kid from Real Madrid, went on loan to Real Sociedad last year. He was playing phenomenal football for them. He was their number 10. And it seemed like he he was feeling at home with the club. And Real Sociedad were hoping to keep him at least one more year, you know, on that whole loan deal. And that whole deal was like swept like right right under, right under their, their feet. And at the last minute, just before the, the whole uh, transfer window closed, they needed to make something happen. They needed to fill they needed to fill in that, that number 10 role. And what other way and what other circumstance for it to happen was to sign David Silva a Spanish player who's familiar with the league obviously spent so many years or his youth years at uh Valencia yep knows the language obviously <laughs> um and is well experienced world-class throughout his entire career knows how to win he's won trophies etc cetera, etc cetera. Et cetera. national team and with uh manchester City they steal him from lazio which it seemed like lazio was going to land David Silva but nope Real Sociedad come in and we're like, hey, we have a great thing going on here. And I think we can go really far. We lost Odegaard, but you will be the guy. Your experience, your leadership, et cetera, et cetera, can take us far. And I think David Silva saw that. And, you know, coming closer to home, being in Spain. Doesn't hurt. It's like, hey, I'm I'm in the back nine of my career. Might as well just stay at home than go into another country, learn a new language and and whatever. All that. Um, so Real Sociedad, top of the table and they've been playing great football. And I think the advantage to them is that Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid are kind of like not as great, not as dominant. And they have They're a lot of pressure on them too. They're not as fearful as they once were, you know. Yeah. If any of the big clubs were to go up against any of those three teams, it's not as fearful as it once was. So that's the thing. And I think if any of the years for a team outside of those top three in La Liga to win the league, I think it's this year. And yeah. I think it can be Real Sociedad because, you know, so many young players. And the most important thing is I know they have the young star, Micky Zabal, um, you know, Christian Porto Gray, great, Mikel Merino, and that kid, um, Alexander Isaac from Sweden, youngster, phenomenal striker. The one thing is that they have depth. It's not the greatest depth, but they compensate each other. They're able to rotate and get the job done so far. That's one thing that we're seeing this year, and it's so crucial under this whole uh, COVID-19 scenario. We don't even know what's going to happen in the long run. So this is really beneficial to them. They're able to have players fill in the roles for each other and get the same performance out of it. This is something that Atalanta really isn't, wasn't able to do in the past. And it's also the same thing that Ajax was unable to do a couple of seasons back. True. They True. had a good team, a good starting 11, but where was their bench? And the same thing you can say about Atalanta last year. They finished in top four in Serie A, which is great. But what killed them in the Champions League was, was their bench, was the depth. Real Sociedad, they have a bench, they have a team, they have a deep enough roster that can fulfill all these positions. And if I could just say real quick, I know I'm going on a little nope, bit of a rant. Nope, go for it. Mikel Oriar Zabal, world, 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 world class player. Yeah, you, um, yep. the future of Spain, the future of Real Sociedad. And he is from San Sebastián, the um, Basque County, uh, I guess it's also the gastronomic uh, capital of Spain, believe it or not. Um, Sure. (laughs) But over there in Basque Country, whether you like Atletico Bilbao or Real Sociedad, you love your club. That's That's it. it. There's no second team like you go to Sevilla, you go to Valencia, you go to... Uh, cordoba you go to galicia doesn't matter where you go um in all those places you like your local but you also have a little feeling for barcelona you also have a little feeling for real madrid it's either one or the other over there in basque country or basque province or region or whatever you want to call it it's only one team and one team only and real sociedad Their fans, they don't want to be Real, uh, they don't want to be Lionel Messi, they don't want to be Cristiano Ronaldo, they want to be Mikel Oyarzabal, they don't want to be no one else. So, um, Mikel Oyarzabal is Real Sociedad born, raised, and he's there. And maybe they won't be as big as Real Madrid and Barcelona or uh, Atletico Madrid, but I think that Real Sociedad, the way that they've been going. The youth academy, the business, the transfers—everything that they've been able to do—I think they'll be the number four team in Spain for quite some time to come.
0: We shall see. We if shall that, see if that happens. That would be that would be pretty interesting. They already like La Liga has so many good teams in it. So many cool teams. So many cool even teams. with the
1: decline of the top three. There's so many. There's other so many teams. other teams. It's still Definitely. competitive. Getafe, Sevilla, Real Sociedad. Valencia fell Valencia off. Valencia We're going to have to touch up on that in, in a future episode, but we should. We definitely La should. La Liga. Definitely the best league in the world in my opinion.
0: And um the other fixture that we'll mention, we'll just we'll just mention it, Villarreal versus Real Madrid. Villarreal is currently in second place. Real Madrid is in fourth. So that is a clash of the top of the bracket right now. So that'll be interesting to see moving on to our league our bread and butter Serie A, the premier fixture for this league it's going to be milan versus napoli Rui's team versus phil's team <laughs> no it, it this is this is going to be a very interesting match they've had over the years they've had very interesting clashes um no offense, Rui. Milan being on the downslope the last couple of seasons, coinciding with the rise of Napoli doing doing well. I gotta say, dip. last
1: couple of seasons, la- Joe. No, really. I love how
0: nice you are. Oh, I'm trying. It's been several seasons. It's, it's not. It's not a lie. And <laughs> in, in Napoli, Napoli, yeah, being a good team, a solid team the last few seasons, really putting up a fight to. The rest of the yeah. big clubs. Outside of last
1: season, I think um, Napoli have been kind of that team and Serie a kind of like holding that uh, some sort of competition that yeah. Serie a really never had. It's always been Juve, 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 Juve. You can throw in um, a little bit of Roma, but I think Napoli have been the team outside of Juventus that have been the most dominant in the last definitely six, seven, eight You can even say nine years, I suppose, but, um, but yeah, this is going to be a huge clash. Uh, clash. Napoli are a team that I didn't rule out going into the season. You didn't rule out as well, and you know, it it seems like Napoli have a chip on their shoulder because a lot of teams are like, oh, like Napoli, they're a finished club. You know, they um, they didn't perform to expectations last year, but. It's just one bad year. The quality is still there. They didn't perform they in the league but to they play still better. won the cup. They seem to Yeah, they won the club they they won the cup under Gattuso. That's the key Correct. point here. Yep. Um it's not that Ancelotti is a bad coach or anything like that, but I think what was going on at the club was more of a players issue, a mentality issue and I don't think it's something that Ancelotti could have repaired. I think it's something that they just needed some sort of new...
0: They needed something new. They definitely needed someone new. And
1: it's so much easier to replace a coach than a handful of players. Yeah, than 25 players or whatever. Because if that situation, and I'm going to quote Joe Fischetti, I'm going to paraphrase Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I heard him talk on Milan Obsessions podcast saying that if that whole situation when Napoli happened a little bit later Earlier. on well a little bit later on into the season oh, sure. maybe they would have hung on to ancelotti and not candem but since it happened so early on it was the right move it was the right, right change you know the whole thing it's easier to replace a coach than a handful of players in the middle of the season so um i think with katuso coming in and straightening everything out and just kind of giving that little ass kick it kind of saved Napoli from just dumping out so many players and kind of starting from fresh again. Now, with the new manager, they seem to be playing well under Gattuso. Yeah, They have some sort of identity. And also, something that we didn't, I myself, being a Milan fan, what we didn't see with Gattuso was him being a diverse tactician. And Joe Fischetti also pointed out on that show um, with uh, with Elaine on uh, Milan obsession was he's switching things around and he's able to figure out uh, what tactics and what sort of strategy and what sort of approach that he should go into the into each match and I think the flexibility here with with uh, Gattuso with Napoli is he has much more talent much more quality on his team than he did at Milan I think he has that flexibility to try something different and make it work and also on top of that he has much more experience too now than he did at Milan at Milan he didn't have that quality and he didn't have that experience so at the end of the day where I'm getting at is it's going to be a great game this is the top match of Serie A by far this weekend. It's a first yes. and third place team going at it. And this is going to change the trajectory of the Serie A race for sure. I'm not really bought into Milan winning the Scudetto this year, but this is a must-need win for us. I think if we are who we say we are, if we are as good as we as we seem to be, this is the game that we must win. We have yeah. to go up against the best in Serie A, and we need to beat the best. We beat Inter but it wasn't as convincing. Let's go out and beat Napoli. There's no Pioli. There's no his assistant, caught co- COVID, right. um, COVID-19 that. as well. Daniele Bonera is going to be leading our troops out onto the pitch. Um, so weird. He's so, still at the club. Yeah, Holy he's still shit. at the club. So I, it, it's going to be a great match. Both Napoli and Milan are going to be missing young superstars. Oh, Siemens. Milan are going to be without Rafael Leon right. with a hamstring, I believe it was a hamstring injury, and Oshiman is going to be out with also some sort of muscle some injury. Kind of muscle injury, yeah. It was no bone fracture, no They thought they broke they no thought he t- broke his leg, but Yeah, no tendon, tendon nine, or tendon damage. ligament damage or anything like that. So he should be back in several weeks. So we shall see. I think it's gonna be a great match, but I'm gonna go with my boys. I have confidence in my boys. I think we have a good team. Ibrahimovic is going to be leading our boys out onto the pitch, and I think we're going to get a good result against Napoli. Finally in Serie, a. I'm going to go two to one Milan over Napoli.
0: Yeah, I mean Joe. Joe even asked thoughts on the on the Napoli Milan game. So thank you for your question, Joe. My thoughts: I think that Victor Osiman, I think that that's a big. Yeah, that's a big blow.
1: He's so good.
0: I think that also having Liao is a big blow for you guys too. I think that yeah, he's been playing great this year. He he. I don't want to call him the the flow guy to give the ball to to Ibrahimovic because I feel like that's also Chalinoglu's job too. Um, but I think that we could have a draw. I'll be honest. I think that we could have. A, I think it's going to be a two-two draw. I think another that another two two-to-two draw. Ah, uh, seriously. Like I said, history has a habit of repeating itself for one thing. And two, I, th- I won't be surprised if some of the players are a little bit rusty from both sides from coming inter- back. International break. And, and you know, that okay. sounds bizarre just because, you know, they've been, play- it's not like they haven't been playing football. They've been playing football with their national teams. Just not with the team. Just not with their team, you know, not with their club team. So it'll be a little bit different. Um, but we'll see where it picks off. I'm calling it a 2 2 draw. No one's no one's going yeah. home with a W for that <laughs> one. So we will be watching that one. And uh, when's it? When is that game again, Sunday. Rui? Sunday. So two forty five
1: Eastern time. So they yep New no, York. So time. it
0: seriously is prime time Sunday football. Exactly. Good. All right. Let's move on to the EPL. A couple of really interesting fixtures there. We have Leicester City versus Liverpool and Tottenham versus Man City. Any thoughts on these games, Rui? Liverpool without Virgil Van
1: Dyke, without oh no Joe Gomez, say it ain't so. But even with both of them on the pitch or both of them healthy, however it may be, they've still been shite. They've been
0: no, they've been okay. They've been they've a been little okay. uh, this, shaky. Just a
1: little shaky in the back. I mean, leads early on in the season, right <laughs> when we, they really fucking
0: yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> they went up. Yeah, not went up, but like they were really giving them a, a ride for their money. So, um, it, it's tough. It really is tough when you lose two of your best defenders. They have Joel Matip still, so but without Virgil Van Dyke, Virgil Van Dyke has been that key defensive player for uh Liverpool. We saw that year when when Liverpool went all the way to the to the final against Real Madrid. They didn't have a full season of of Virgil van Dijk. And we saw the difference from the first half of the season when they didn't have Virgil van Dijk. And then that January when they got Virgil van Dijk it was a different Liverpool team. We saw the following season that they finished in second place with 97 points. And then the year after they won the, the EPL title. So, Virgil van Dijk is a huge huge piece to that Liverpool squad. Definitely. The best defender on that team by far and he makes players like Joe Gomez and Joël Matip and even Dejan fucking Lovren <laughs> a much better player. So, and everything else, just his leadership, his experience, even the midfield perform better with him. Is a huge loss without him. It's going to be a huge loss without uh, Joe Gomez as well. So it, it, this is going to be really, really tough. So, But I'm I'm still going to predict. You think Leicester uh, bungle it? I think they're going to bungle it, even though they're atop of the first, um, they're atop of the EPL. I think they're going to squander this, and I think it's going to be a, a one-to-one draw.
0: Jamie Vardy. Interesting, okay. And Diogo <laughs> Jota. One-to-one. One-to-one for that one. What about Tottenham versus Man City? This is a a Mourinho-Pep yeah, reunion.
1: Yeah. Uh, Man City been in the mud uh, I know, this what, year in the what, EPL, I believe. They're in 10th place? Tenth, tenth place, tenth place. place behind Wolves. Behind Wolves. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I I think eventually Man City are going to dig themselves out of it. Yeah. Pep Guardiola, I believe, is here. I believe, I know he's, he's here to stay. Yeah. Uh, signed, signed a new extension, up. right,
0: Joe? I forget. I forget how long it is, but, but um, yeah, he did. He's
1: here to stay. So surprisingly, so because Pep is, seems to be the guy that's uh, when he.
0: The going gets tough. When when he's gu- out. Egg, perfect. Yeah. Yes,
1: that's exactly what I wanted to say. Um <laughs> And, um yeah, so whenever the going gets tough, that guy is just like, peace, I'm out. Like, I don't want anything of it. It seems like whenever there's a challenge, he's never there to accept it. And boom. Yeah. So um it's another Mourinho and Pep Guardiola matchup. This is a rivalry that's been stemming since the beginning of last decade when they were in La Liga together. So... I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, Joe. I think I, you know what. I know what you're gonna. I, I'm gonna. I go, know what you're gonna say. I'm gonna go with Mourinho playing his stubborn Mourinho, shite football. Uh, they're gonna 10, win two to one. 10% against, ten percent possession for Mourinho's yeah, side. No, twenty-seven <laughs> percent. I'm gonna go twenty-seven percent ball possession.
0: One of the goals is gonna come from a, a set piece. This shit house set piece and another one's just going to be a, a, some <laughs> kind of counterattack no um
1: you know but <laughs> all jokes aside <laughs> uh Mourinho's done pretty well this year yeah. i believe that they should be even higher up in the epl they should be in first place cuz they they're really in second blew, place they, right they now they really blew a few weeks ago against um i believe it was west ham they were up 3-0 and then they it blew was, the lead yep. mm-hmm. they blew the lead in the last
0: 10 minutes yeah, you don't do that. He must have been furious. Yeah. To it. can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to have been in that but, locker um, room. But
1: I'm gonna go with Mourinho this time. I think he's going to. I think the momentum is on uh, Tottenham. They've been playing pretty well. They've been getting the results that they wanted. I'm gonna go with them.
0: I'll Two take, to one. I'll take your word for it. Two to one. That sounds good. That sounds good to me. Especially the way that Man City have been playing. So, huh. It'll be another. It's just it's good to have club football back. It really is not nothing against international yeah, football. Felt so. It it's felt just like good. Forever. It felt really like it really did felt like forever. But that being said, Rui, we should at least touch upon some international football. Yes. Really wouldn't be be doing any any justice to that. So let's start off with the the bomb that kind of went off for Germany, and that would be that gi love is sacked after they got absolutely demolished by Spain six to nothing he is no longer the coach he's a World Cup winner and this needs to this needs to be asked is Germany on the downslope now really from all of this I
1: I think for right now I think for this tournament coming up I don't see
0: for the euros you mean for
1: the Yep, for the Euros. I think the quality is there. I think Germany, you know, Germany's Germany. They're always going to have a, have a, good, a, a solid good team. team with solid quality players at the minimum. Unless they get Hansi Flick from Bayern Munich coaching the team next year, I don't really see them as some sort of threat. I think the top teams going into next year's Euro, Portugal, France, Spain, Belgium, Italy, Maybe you can throw England in there, maybe.
0: Everyone's touting them to win it for whatever reason. Who? A lot of, a lo- like, ESPN's like, oh, yeah, they're going to win it.
1: That's ESPN.
0: <laughs> Joe, that's ESPN. I know, I know. This is the red card report. I'm just saying. This
1: is the red card report, Joe. <laughs> this is serious here. We're not over here on Zoom or Skype. or not. No. no. We're hardball we're, here we're in right the studio. Here. Yeah, you're right. We are here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, England. I, I mean, they they do have a good team, but I think that's those are the but, top six teams. I don't see Germany sure. in there. I don't really see anyone else competing. I I believe that the winner is going to be amongst those top those teams. I'm not even going to give it to England. So the the top five teams, <laughs> Germany is uh, just not good. They weren't great. Good players. I they just need a refresh button, and I don't know who that. Who's gonna step in? Who's gonna step in, and who's going to be their messiah? Who's going to be there to solve their temporary problems? Joachim Low didn't want Jerome Boateng. He didn't want Thomas Muller. He didn't want Mats Hummels. That was despite, to be honest, right? Last last season, all three of those players had really good seasons.
0: Yeah, like you were you were telling me Muller had. Probably like statistically speaking, one of his best seasons yeah, ever, by far. As a number
1: ten, he had he led the Bundesliga in assists. Jerome Boateng fit into that system at Bayern Munich, where they won the Champions League. Where uh, Lucas Hernandez, Nicolas Zule, who were the original starters going into last season, they were both injured. And they had to force him and David Alaba as their two center backs. And they won the Champions League. They won convincingly. They they did a, a really good job. They won the treble once again. What else can you ask for? Why would you not want experience on the right. German national team to win something? So we're going to have to wait and see what... The new coach, who the new coach is, what he wants to do, and how they're going to approach next year's tournament. So right now I'm going to stick with those uh, top five, top six teams. Germany's not amongst one of them. So, And this was um, business as usual for business, Spain. Yep. Yeah, Ger- uh, Spain is Spain, is Spain. They were not as great as 2010 and 2012, but, I mean, how can still you match good. that? But yeah. still very good. Yeah,
0: of course. And your boys doing okay? Uh, Portugal?
1: We lost to France. So, um, the top four, the final four of the the Nations League, Portugal's not amongst them because they lost to France. It was that crucial match. The winner of that, if Portugal drew 0-0, they would have went through. That's they saw the a whole scenario. Yeah.
0: That whole it, it's goal still differential and everything yeah. like
1: that. But um, France, well deserved. They they got the best out of Portugal in that match. Portugal played well, but. It was. It came down to who capitalized on those opportunities. So France came out on top, and de- deservedly so. So, what is it? Uh, France, Italy, France,
0: Italy, Belgium, and Spain are the final four right now. So I mean, the, four the, four of the best. Right four there. Of the best. Honestly, I, I mean, I just uh, I'm I'm gonna go on a little bit of an Italy thing right here. They're do they're they're playing so well. Yeah. So, they, so well. Great, great international break.
1: Even though there was no club football, but for the Italians, there was no Serie A for us, but the Italians, I mean, they did really well.
0: They did, they did really, really well. I think it's 22 games now, 22 games unbeaten. That's which right. Is, which is huge.
1: The last defeat was
0: against Sweden. No, I wait. Who was the last competing? Portugal. Damn. Oh, damn it! That yeah, was yeah. You suck. I, I don't remember that. No, it was a couple I, of years I honestly ago. I don't even remember that. Um, and no, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't play. No, but uh, now that I mean, I should remember that. But we've been playing really, really well. I'm just very, very impressed with how we've been able to pick other players up who. I wouldn't even think would have been called up if Roberto Mancini wasn't the coach. So it's just it's really encouraging to see. I think we have a lot of really good young players. They're getting their reps in, yep. and they're and no Zaniolo too. No, no Zaniolo. But dude, that I remember seeing a uh uh, I think it was a poll on Twitter. It was like, who's going to end up being a better player, Zaniolo? Or Nicolo Barella, and that's a hard, hard Barella question. Uh, Barella has been playing out of his socks
1: lately. Yeah, he he's a great player. One thing I don't like about Barella is he just whines. He does so whine so much. He does whine a lot. And it's so annoying because he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to. But it's like it's like his team. He's a little pitbull, or he can never be wrong. Right? He, he's not yeah. a pitbull. He's no, not I, a pitbull. Yeah, like. Gattuso was. No, Gattuso was like a real pit bull. He was a real one. But El yeah. was just like he's always whining about something. I and get it's like, that. So annoying. It's like he can never be wrong, or a Scene can never be wrong. But outside of that, he's has phenomenal player. He, dude, phenomenal. Player. He's
0: been putting in a lot of great passes lately. he like he's and as inconsistent as Inter have been. I know he's, he's been the, the best. He's player, been the best player, arguably. But I would say arguably their best player. Yeah. So. I'm just—it's very encouraging to see, and I like—I've kept saying, and I think a lot of other Italy fans that I've talked to will say the same thing. The one thing Italy lacks is that striker, striker, that go-to striker. And you'd think that we have them in Bellotti and Immobile, but both those guys just don't don't convert for the national team so that's really the only problem that's really it so we'll see how those teams do going into euros we still have a lot of time in between now and then the next international meetup i think for the final four if that's what you want to call it is in march so we got a lot of time so we'll see we shall see what happens with all of that barring anything with, you know, COVID and all that good stuff. So let's move on to our favorite section of the podcast, and that is your Twitter questions. Let's give him a shot. Rui, are you ready? Ready. All right. So first question is from our friend M at UV, and he asks, how much does Joe have to pay Rui to be his friend? Well, thanks, M. Okay. <laughs> all right. Whatever, Rui. Do you wanna? Do you wanna elaborate on this? Well, I mean, uh... <laughs> your reluctance says it all. <sighs> I don't think I could. I don't think I You shan. don't want to divulge ah, that I'm kind an of information.
1: Anyway. Uh, Joe. Uh, without me, you're nothing on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I uh, prick. <sighs> I can't do that to Joe. Joe made phenomenal steaks this evening. We had a nice mall back.
0: It was a nice evening. College-io. It was a nice evening until we started doing this podcast, and then it was a you- nice evening until the- M's question turned up. Yep, yeah, pretty much. So
1: thanks for nothing, M. Uh, Joe, I just want to let you know I am nowhere near involved or colluding, since that's a huge <laughs> word. That's a huge <laughs> word these days. Uh, with uh, M. Dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> enforcing
1: this question upon us. So uh, I believe you. I might plead the fifth, but I won't plead the fifth. Okay. So Joe doesn't pay me anything, to be honest. <laughs> no, Joe Joe's a good guy. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if he wasn't. Oh, the thanks. only problem I have with Joe is the pineapple issue. But shut, oh, shut of course oh, every
0: fuck up. Oh.
1: Every everyone already knows about this, but Joe, let, we're running short on M. time. We need to keep going. But M, great All question right. as always. You're one of my favorites. And yes, um, when this whole godforsaken virus clears up, down in uh, Texas, we're gonna hey, have some great bet barbecue. Ass,
0: bet your ass we're gonna come down to Texas. Not you, Joe. Just me and M. All right, but whatever. So, moving on to our next question is from Milan Obsession. Love hearing from you at Milan Obsession. She asks, What do you think about Roma's appointment of Tiago Pinto as director of sport?
1: I, I think it's good for, for Roma. Tiago Pinto yeah. with Benfica, with Rui Costa. I know Benfica and, and this season, not very good. They went out on the transfer market this past transfer window spending, spending, spending to improve the squad and possibly take Benfica up to the next level. Didn't work out this year, but let's not forget what they've been able to accomplish the last several years. Right. And by several years, I mean seven, eight years prior to to this coming transfer window. What made this transfer window possible? And... They've minimized debt. They've invested in the youth academy. They've invested in young players. They've made so much profit on all of these young players. And that's all through Thiago Pinto and Rui Kosh. So they've worked together simultaneously. And I'm sure that over the years where they've worked together at Mainfica, they've been able to learn and grow together and just experience so much in when we look at Roma and their situation financially, I think Tiago Pinto uh, can take a page out of the Fica playbook and bring it to Roma and may probably, possibly. Possibly. Possibly.
0: Who knows what that
1: club Make Roma somewhat great again. <laughs> Even though they were never great, but you know what I mean.
0: I know exactly what you mean. Uh, my perspective, anybody's better than Monchi. Yes. So... Yes. We'll see what Tiago Punto can do. Uh, people tend to forget Roma have a really good youth academy. So maybe he'll. Yes, yes, they may, do. Uh, maybe that, he'll do something. I think that's a really good key. point.
1: Really good point, Joe.
0: I think that that's going to be key. So we'll see how he does. Also, can you get covid ten or COVID-19? I'm sure she's asking from putting cheese on your seafood. No, I, I don't think that that is a, a possible route of transmission. Um, yeah, Joe, but, you, you uh, just
1: need to stop putting cheese on uh, your seafood and stop putting uh, cheese on your uh, filet mignon and ribeye steaks all, because is, it's it's embarrassing and it's disgusting.
0: This is all slander, and I really don't appreciate any of this. Moving on to our friend Arjan at Spicy Turtle Twenty One, he asks, "Are there any specific players you really want at?" the club right now. I'm assuming he means your club. If so, could you tell us why?
1: You know, I, I've been really pleased with what Milan's been doing this year. And it's I thought crazy. going in I thought going into this season that our right back position was going to be our Achilles heel. Davide Calabria has been sensational for us so far. So far. So there's no no In need. Like we were like settling for Serge Awar, um, Aurier. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I know there you were talking. I was just like, "Fuck!
1: I don't want this guy." I know you love him so much, but thankfully Davide Calabria has has been really good for us. Uh, I couldn't ask for much more. He's still got a little bit to grow. No
0: weak spots but- you'd want to bolster.
1: Probably Hakan Chalanoglu has been a little cold recently, and now with this whole uh, contract negotiations and blah, 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 I mean, you might go to Juventus now, like, have our leftovers. Mm. I like that kid from Hungary, I uh, Dominic. Dominic's ball's Yes. I think it's I want Zubalzai. that kid. And Ralph I Ragnick, want that kid. When Ralph Ragnick was supposed to come here, there was talks with him coming to Milan and Bring everything like in. that, but I really like him a lot as a possible uh, replacement for Cholinoglu. And if he's not possible, make Brahim Diaz permanent. Make him uh, permanent. Okay. And I'll take him, and I'll be happy with that because he's been really good for us as well.
0: Would you take Inter leftovers? Would what you take in Ericsson?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I if actually you could, would. Would you swap Hakan in, for Ericsson? Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I I like that. That's great. That's great. Um, for Juve, I really want Locatelli. I really, re- I. Th- it, we'd be stupid not to try and sign him right now.
1: More Milan leftovers, of course. Uh, and has <laughs> to be, has to be Hakan I, and Locatelli. Yeah,
0: it will make them great. We'll no, you won't great. No, you won't. And um any any fullback, literally, I, I want any fullback. We except got a guy Aria. by the
1: name of Andrea Conte. Really good. Fantastic. Yeah, he's super high good. potential. Uh, <laughs> thirty to thirty five million. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Joe.
0: No, I mean any any respectable fullback. I'll oh, I'll put it that way. Um, because we we fucking need them. Well so.
1: listen, he fits the Juventus He's Italian. Uh, protocol. He's Italian. He's not world class. So <laughs> so we might as well. We should. We're checking it off. Ruben, Napoleonismo, I hope you're listening. Listen, it's
0: going to happen. It's going to happen. He's not world class. And Conte to Juve happening.
1: Andrea Conte to Juve. Great. 2021.
0: All right. Let's move on. Juventita, back to black and white at Juventita DAL. He asks, real question. Should Juve stick with CR7 and Morata, or does Pirlo have an obligation to start Dybala with those two?
1: You know, I'll I'll go first, and then I'll let you end with your Juventus uh, spiel. Um, I'm going to say it as I said it in the past on this podcast. I would like Dybala if I was a Juventus fan or if I'm just going to be... If I were to manage Juventus... And I think I would make a pretty good U- manager at Juventus. I think much better than Beard uh, Lowe. <laughs> and by the way, he needs to shave his beard if you guys want to yeah. win anything.
0: Uh, hey. But true.
1: honestly, uh, I think him as a number 10 behind uh, Murata and Ronaldo is the best way to go. I know you got Chiesa. I don't know why you got him, but you got him. I know Kulishevsky, they're more wingers, both of those players. But I think a more centralized system is probably the best way to go about this season. Uh Pierlo as a player and maybe as a manager would prefer that sort of centralized system where, you know, at Milan it was more that Christmas tree. Yep. They didn't really have any wingers. Uh same with Juventus in twenty fifteen when they went on their run all the way to the to the Champions League final against Barcelona. That midfield was the core. It was the bread and butter. That's what made Murata really good. It's what made uh, Carlos Tevez really, really good. It's true. Uh, or made him even more comfortable. Obviously, Tevez was was really great before that, but you know what I mean. So I don't know.
0: This three five two blah blah blah. No, no, I don't like it either. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't like it either. I I would like to see that as well, but if I'm reading the question how I how it's worded. Is, on, is Pirlo obligated to play Dybala when those two are on the field? No. He, I mean, he's the coach. He, he picks whoever's going to be on the field based on whatever criteria he feels needs to be met. Right now, DiBala is really lacking in two key areas, and that's confidence and fitness. He needs to get both of those things back up to snuff if he's going to be a starter. And I think that I'm confident that he can do that. But there's a lot of work to be done. And maybe Pirilo's seen something in him that, you know, he just doesn't see feel like he's ready yet. So I I agree, Rui. I think that they all three of them can play together and be really good. But you gotta gotta let Pirlo make these mistakes himself. The guy's also learning like on the job so to speak. Yeah. And so it seems like he's here to stay. He yeah, for oh for the season? Yeah, he's going to he's going to be here. So we shall see what happens. Good question though. Thank you. Um next question is from our good friend Kevin J Pettit from the Lad's podcast. You guys should all give him a listen. Lads. Lads. <laughs> Dude, oh, no. Nah. Great great show everything EPL related if you like beer football just general shit housery or you just like to laugh if you like to laugh just listen to these guys they are great and Kevin's one of Kevin's one of those guys and he asks well he says miss you guys what happened with Christian Erickson? are Inter already shopping him off well first off
1: we miss you too man it's been way too long. It's been way too long. We're going to really meet is. you on the podcast as soon as possible with some beer. Yeah, definitely. With some of those little uh, Super box from the Vica <laughs> and AC Milan game from the, the, the preseason here in- uh, At Gillette. At Gillette Stadium in Foxboro, Massachusetts. But, um, but yeah, the Erickson, is he going to be shipped off? I really think so. I think he- I think so, too. If, I, if I it's not in January, it's definitely going to be in June but everything is starting to incline towards yes he's going to be moving in january because if he's not having the performances that Inter need the longer that he stays the worse off he is the worse off he is the lesser the value that he has and it's going to be worse for Inter to make money or yeah. a plus valenza. at the end of the day, enter will still make a plus valenza, but I think they want to maximize on it as much as they can. Uh, this is a guy that was bought for 20 million because there was six months left on his contract. You know, this is a guy that could have been sold for 60, 70, possibly 80 million um, if he didn't have those contract issues and didn't have the, those issues at his uh, previous club
0: that was Tottenham. So
1: yeah. I, th- uh, I think it, what's
0: it, bizarre with this whole thing is that Antonio Conte wanted him. Yeah. He wanted him at Inter and he got him. Yeah. But now that he has him he doesn't know he what to do with it. He him. doesn't know what to do with him. But and this happens with Conte all the time. This happens. Conte this happens. And and Ke-
1: Kevin is a big fan of Conte. I remember on his show talking he's like I'm a big Antonio Conte fan. I was like, and I was just like, he's a good coach. He, he's a good coach. But he's also an idiot. He can be. He's very yeah. much an idiot. And I think Eriksson's role at Inter, if it was ever to flourish, was Lautaro's role. I think that if Lautaro was to go to Barcelona, as expected, prior to this whole coronavirus, eighty. Sure. 90 million to Barcelona. Ericsson was the guy, the 20 million euro guy will go in and take that spot and it's not happening. It didn't happen. And it it seems like Lautaro is going to be staying and I don't think now with what's going on at Barcelona Lautaro is going to leave especially now with the whole yeah, coronavirus situation now. it's just making things worse. Now with Ericsson What's, what's the point of him, really? He can't play as a number six. He can't play at Mazzala. He can't play as a Regista. Definitely not. Yeah. And he can't play as right wing back. So what is he really doing? And all he's doing is just occupying space and not really maximizing his potential. And when that happens is you're lowering the value of a really good player. And when time comes to sell him, you're not going to get much for him the longer that he stays on the club. So I think it's pretty realistic that it's going to happen in January, but if it doesn't happen in January, it's definitely, definitely going to happen in in June
0: or July. Yep, Agreed. So thank you for your question, Kevin. Great question. Moving on, our good friend, Brian Pereira, at bpereira1022, he asks, instead of the most hated 11, which was, that was a great, that was a great one. Instead of the most hated eleven, your most loved eleven with a manager. So instead of the players that you hate the most, players you love the most. Boom!
1: Real quickly. Okay. Real, real. Quickly. Let's do it. Um, manager Jose Mourinho. You know. Wow. He's Portuguese. He. You brought, love him the most. He. I love his arrogance. He's like the Zlatan Ibrahimovic of managers. And that's a good description. He brought us a Champions League for Porto in 2004. What, what what more can you ask from me, Joe?
0: Come on. It's a good no. It's um, a good one. But uh, uh So that's a man. My favorite
1: players. Okay. Boom boom. Cafu, right back. Right back. <laughs> Never seen him play, but I'm going to say it anyway. Franco Baresi. Uh, sure. Alessandro Nesta, watched Nesta. plenty of them growing up. Paolo Maldini, of Maldini. course. It's got to be. Uh, Gattuso. Yep, yeah. Gattuso. Sorry, Get Joe.
0: To, okay. No, don't be so. Don't be sorry to oh, me. Clarence Sedorf. Clarence Sedorf. <laughs> Dude, so you did basically Milan right now. Rui Costa. Milan.
1: Deku, just, just to switch things up. Okay. Uh, Noe Brasiliano, Pero.
0: Shevchenko. Uh, Shevchenko.
1: And uh, I got it. You got two more. So Ronaldo. You know what? I'll take out Chef Shank. I'll put in Figo, and then um, I'll put in Ronaldo Ronaldo. as my final guy.
0: And you have you have you're missing a goalkeeper. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite goalkeeper, Casillas has to be Casillas. My my role model.
0: Okay, that's that's a good that's a good eleven. I'm not gonna dispute that. Anyway, let's move on to our next question joey fc at jplu 22 he asks how busy do you think january will be for the transfer window teams may need to sell to keep the doors open and then he adds on to this he says what shock transfer could we see because of it i think ronaldo pogba swap deal could be very real in a month so what do you think rui
1: i don't think it's going to happen
0: I don't think that it's going to happen either. I don't
1: think Pogba is the savior for Juventus and if Juventus want to go deep into Europe Ronaldo Ronaldo's the guy to have. Yeah. Um as for Ronaldo going to Manchester United, I think his years are past. It sounds nice. Sounds so- nice. Sounds like the best way to you know finish your career. It's like the ultimate story and everything like that. But I think Ronaldo knows that the EPL is probably not the best place for him to finish his career off. If he doesn't sit Juventus, I think PSG would be a great place for him. Feast on a True. few goals, get a few more trophies, just expand his uh, his resume. Maybe win a Champions League there. Who knows? But yeah, that's I, I do not see that happening. Him going back to to uh, Manchester United. We see a physical guy like Edison Cavani right now at Man United, and it's not working out well. I'm not saying it's impossible for Ronaldo That'd because be nothing's impossible for him. But I think he should avoid it.
0: What about um? What about transfers? Do you do you see any big transfers happening I in don't. January or anything Erick, in general? Erickson, Erickson moving we, that would be a big one. I
1: don't see anything else man. I really don't.
0: Yeah, it'd be kind of, it, it'd be hard I bet you a lot of clubs this is just me me speculating. Um I think we're going to see a lot of loan deals. Yep. A lot of loans with options to buy. Um I think that a lot of clubs will get deals done in January, but we won't see Players actually move in January. I bet you we'll see a lot of movement in June. Yep. Um, just, I, I think that that I think that's a a logical um, assumption to have. Um, yeah, uh, I think you're right, Joey. I think that a lot of clubs will need to sell in order to stay open. So I think we'll see if there are superstars on the market or if you know good players on the market. They will be going for reduced prices they're not going to be going for whatever they were evaluated at prior to this whole shitstorm storm of covid so yeah keep your eye out for a lot of loans loans with options to buy uh and a lot of reduced prices so we will see it'll be an interesting january i think it's going to be a busy january i think a lot of clubs are going to have uh are going to have business to to finish up so Rui, that was it. That was the last question. Do you have anything that you want to add? I am all questioned out. I feel
1: like I was uh I feel like I was interrogated.
0: Oh, really? Why do you do you feel uncomfortable, Rui? Do you feel uncomfortable on on this podcast? Never. Okay, good. No. I, w- I wouldn't want you to feel feel ever feel that way. No, Joe.
1: Okay, good. I would never want to know what it's like to be you.
0: No you always you always manage to pull this shit anyway thank you all so much for listening really appreciate all the participation love the twitter questions they're always great if you wouldn't mind please give us a like a subscribe a five-star review on wherever you're listening to us show us to your friends if you liked what you heard um also Follow us on our Twitter page at RCR underscore podcasts. Send us a message, send us a question, send us a potential topic. We're really interested in hearing what you guys have to say. And as always, we will see you next time. Check them in the
1: cure.